This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Now, Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio. Good afternoon and welcome. Well, when the Ford government came to power a year ago, it promised to end hallway medicine in a year. Instead, overcrowding in Ontario hospitals has reached record proportions. The Ontario Hospital Association, as you heard in Bob's News, says this was the worst June on record for hallway medicine since the province began collecting data 11 years ago. And in June, it took an average of 16.3 hours for patients to be admitted to hospital from an emergency room. That is an average. And as we all know, there are patients who languish in those hallways for a lot longer than 16 hours. And what is really concerning about it is that June is hardly a high watermark. And the question is, what will happen when flu season hits? And that is just around the corner. Now, I would like to hear from you about your experiences with hallway medicine, uh, what you think of the government's promises. They did walk back a bit and said, oh, oops, maybe it won't be that simple. Maybe it's going to take longer than a year. They have put in some uh, partway measures, but they are measures that are just not enough. The numbers to call 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-744-740. And right now, joining me, Natalie Mera, Executive Director of the Ontario Health Coalition. Hi, Natalie. Hi, Libby. So are you surprised by this? No, I'm not. Um, Funding for hospitals in this current budget is actually less than the rate of inflation and doesn't meet population growth or aging, which add each about 1% to um, to the needed funding just to keep pace, right? Just to keep pace with population growth and aging, 1% each, and then inflation is about 2.5%. Right now, funding is 1.9%, so it's less than that. And that means that hospitals are actually cutting services they're not growing services, then we already had a very serious problem of hospital overcrowding and people waiting in hallways because they can't get up into the wards. All the wards are full, and so people get stuck in the emergency department. Ambulances get stuck. They can't offload their patients because the emergency departments are too full because the wards are too full. It's very simple. Ontario has the fewest hospital beds left of any province in the country. We're at the bottom of the developed world. No, None of our peer nations have cut their hospital beds in the numbers that Ontario has. And the evidence is overwhelming that this is not working and that we can't continue this way. And yet governments continue to have policies. And this is nonpartisan. I mean, it's been repeated governments now of cutting hospitals. What about the measures that they put in 
place interim measures like uh, putting, quote, transition beds in places like old hospital sites, old rehab sites, uh, and that kind of thing. They have invested several millions of dollars in that. What kind of a difference is that making? Well, those surge beds, so the numbers I'm giving you includes the permanent, like any permanent beds that we have. Um, The surge beds that they've opened, like, for example, last winter, the government opened, they gave $90 million and they opened, it was initially, they said 660 beds and then they said 1,000 beds, but they were temporary and they closed again. I mean, the bottom line is that Ontario just routinely does not have enough hospital beds to meet population need. And we've talked before about this, but also we don't have enough long-term care beds, so nursing home beds to meet population needs. So they're, you know, the last numbers I saw from the ministry were 33,800 approximately people waiting, 33,800 people waiting for a nursing home bed in Ontario, right? That is huge. And so both of those things compound. I mean, people can't get into the hospital because the beds are full. Surgeries get canceled because there are no beds to recover in. And they get, you know, this is after a patient has fasted and they've waited for their surgery and and then they get called at the last minute and they can't get in because there's nowhere to recover. Ambulances get taken off the road. Like it's very, it's damaging for the entire health system. The ripples are felt across the whole system. It's not an efficient way to organize healthcare. And I think we actually pay a very significant cost for it. Natalie has the highest story readmission rate for patients in the country. The patients are being readmitted back into hospital with complications from their original problem within 30 days at higher rates than anywhere. And we believe that that's because they're being discharged too quickly to try and clear out beds because there just aren't enough of them. Or or because they're not getting the proper support at home. Both, yeah. Although home care has, um, has actually expanded, you know, significantly over the last, um, let's say, decade. Like there was a period, the first decade of, two th- of the 2000s, um, the funding per client had actually been cut in home care. It now exceeds what it was in 2000. So the funding per client has gone up. But, it, you know, I think it's, it's, it's fair to say that the complexity of the clients has also gone up dramatically as, you know, we've closed hospital beds and as, as we've rationed long-term care and more and more complex people are in home care as well. So I, I agree with you there. But, I mean, there really is a crisis in hospital care in Ontario that just can't continue to be ignored. And the answer is not simply to, to, to keep saying, oh, we need to move care to home care and long-term care. We did that. We've done that to a more radical extent than anywhere in the developed world. That is done. We now need to refund the hospitals, restore their funding, restore their resources to a reasonable level. Uh, Natalie, so you've talked about ALC, that alternate level of care. There are a lot of people in hospitals who don't need to be in hospitals, but there's no place for them in long-term care. And so here's the thing. The government has made some significant 
promises and steps to add to long-term care, but just the nature of that beast is that it takes a while for those to come on stream because there's new builds, there's places that have to be upgrading. I mean, are you know, are do you have a critique for them on that, or is it just they were perhaps uh, pitching it as something that would happen a little easier and faster than it actually is? Well, we don't have. I mean, Ontario. This is the core problem, I believe. Since the early 1990s, there has been no actual planning of capacity in hospitals and long-term care to meet population need for care. Like, when you have a public health care system like we do, the chief function of that system is to measure and meet population need for care. So you have a growing community. They're going to need a hospital. They're going to need X number of hospital beds based on benchmarks and evidence of what is needed to serve the population and so on. We don't do that. The last bed study that was done in Ontario was in, oh, was under the Harris government in the 19, uh, in the 1990s. Uh, and that, that's it. Those were the last bed studies that have been done. Um, so we've gone for 20 years without any of that, but the evidence shows that we just don't have enough. And long-term care, you know, I think that government policy has been to ration access to care, allow private options to flourish, like at retirement homes and so on, that are very expensive for people, self-regulating. You know, there's a whole kind of, it's private care and all the problems that happen, you know, people can't afford it. And you know, it's it's the there are they've pro- they've promised thirty thirty thousand new long term care beds, but oh. over a decade, right? Yeah, over so that's so we have thirty three thousand eight hundred people waiting now, and ten years, fifteen years from now, we'll have we'll supposedly have thirty thousand new beds. Yeah, but so it does take it does take time to bring those beds on stream. Right, but by then the population of seniors the population of people over 80 will have doubled. So, you know, there'll be another 30,000 people waiting. There is no plan to meet population need for care in Ontario. It's a fundamental problem. Okay. Uh, Hang on, Natalie. Let's take a couple of calls. We've got Bill in Toronto. Hi, Bill. I just want to say uh, today, seniors are probably the wealthiest uh, people that have ever uh, lived to that ripe old age. So uh, there's money there. And the density, uh, throwing money at this situation is not the pro, is not the solution because that's been done time after time after time. And the density, yeah, the density goes up. We build condos uh, all over the place. The subways never get updated. The hospitals never get updated. Uh, I had, as far as uh, hallway medicine goes, uh, my father died in the East General Hospital after being there for six hours. When he saw a doctor, he was actually dead. Oh dear! Uh, so that was one horrible. Thing. So and sorry. Then, uh, I had to tend to my mother for the next ten years. He was chronically ill, and I spent hours and hours and, and days sitting by her, sitting in the hallway, waiting for care. And you know what? It always it, it boiled down to in the emergencies. You talk to them like, "What's you know? Could we just get to see somebody?" There's two doctors on, and there's like 150 people here. So why can't they staff it up and get some doctors in there? I'm going to let uh, Natalie respond. Bill, thanks for your call. Thank you. 
Okay. And uh, people, before we hear Natalie's response, if you want to tell me some of your experiences with hallway medicine, especially if they're perhaps recent, the numbers 416-360-0740, toll free 1-866-740-4740. We're talking to Natalie Mara from the Ontario Health Coalition uh, about uh, some numbers that show hallway medicine getting worse, not better. Uh, And Natalie, how would you respond to Bill? Well, first, I'm so sorry about Bill's father. It's awful. And I just feel for him for that. So um, that's the first thing on on respectfully. You know, people keep being told this line that we're throwing money at things. Ontario funds our hospitals at the lowest rate in the country. So we're dead last in the country for hospital funding. We're, you know, last or second last in the country for healthcare funding. There's a lot of room for us to improve funding without overspending by any of the evidence. So just to be clear, like we don't actually fund our hospitals at a high rate and we don't fund healthcare at a high rate in, in, uh, in this province. We fund, we're, we're, we're far below the average of the country. And, so, and it is a question of funding. We do, you know, there are hospitals that are badly organized. There's no question. I've been in them too, where, you know, the triage, you know, just isn't working. But in Toronto, for example, you know, my experience is the hospitals are highly organized and, and many of them have gotten better and better and better. But really, they just do have too few resources. And the bottom line is you can't serve you know, patients with two thirds of the money that the rest of the country serves patients with, or three quarters of the money, and and have quality care. That's that's what's happening here. And when often what happens is people you'll wait to be triaged, and then you're triaged, and then you end up waiting and emerge for a very very long time for a bed to become open. That's often what happens. And we're told kind of a lot of myths about people who don't need to be there and so on. But people waiting on stretchers and hallways to get into a hospital bed are very sick indeed. You know, they don't, it's not people with the flu or anything. Those people are treated and discharged, right? You know, they may have a long wait, but they're treated and discharged. The people waiting for a hospital bed to get into the hospital now in Ontario, you have to be very, very sick indeed. And, and, uh, and so those are people who are really suffering waiting and it's a resource question. Okay, let's take a call from Dennis in Brampton. Hi, Dennis. Hi, Libby, and thank you for taking my call. I w- I'll be brief, but this is but what yet another example of the lack of infrastructure spending uh, here in Ontario that has been going on for years. And uh, we see it across the board where there are so many needs and none of them are being met. And so uh, my comment is this. We don't have a spending problem. We have a revenue problem. And the low tax mantra of the last 10 or 15 years, the chickens are now coming home to roost. You're in Brampton, which is kind of ground zero for hospital overcrowding. Uh, do you have a personal experience of this? Uh, I thought my experience has actually been good, but I was a healthcare executive in Brampton for 22 years. Ah. And so we. this has been growing year after year. I mean... Yes, there's been additional funding put in, but it has not never kept up with the growth, uh, whether it's hospitals, schools, transit, it's it's all the same. And it's been do more with less 
and uh, keep costs low, make the transitions from inpatient to outpatient, transfer to home care, etc., all of which has been done, but still we have this issue. Okay, Dennis, thank you very much for your perspective. Uh, That's uh, all the time we have for this segment. Natalie, what would you like to leave us with? I just, I completely concur with what Dennis is saying. I mean, with the big secret in Ontario, people don't realize, but we fund all of our public services at the lowest rate in Canada, and we're paying for it in high tuitions, in the fewest hospital beds, in the second fewest nursing home beds in the country. Like, we are paying for it, and we need to have a proper discussion around taxes and fair taxes. Uh, for the wealthy and for corporations and, you know, paying for our civilization so that we take care of each other again. Okay, thank you so much for that. Natalie Mayra from the Ontario Health Coalition. Appreciate your time. Thanks, Libby. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.